Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk of Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walk of Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to invite all those in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue. That's W-A-L-L-I-S Avenue 63114 in Overland, Missouri. Our Dig Deeper Bible Studies are held 11 a.m., and 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Our Rescue Addiction Recovery class is being held at 7 p.m. on Mondays. We want you to come enjoy the love of God, worship with us, and go line by line and verse by verse as we travel through the Bible. We look forward to seeing you, and one of the things you can leave at home is your wallet. We want you to come sit back, enjoy the fellowship, the love, and the great teaching that goes on at Walking Truth. This is Pastor Jay. I always want you to be encouraged to be blessed. And thank you for considering us as your place of worship. Peace. God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. Okay, we've had a little break, and we're just going to start in Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. We're beginning to talk about uh, justification by faith. We learned in the first three chapters so far that man is a sinner, and man is idolater by nature, and that God has been very patient with man, as we have been studying in Joshua, the Israelites, God was very patient with man, and Jesus concealed in the Old Testament, we see that throughout the Old Testament, Israel would cry out to God, God would show up, then he would deliver them, then they would sin again. And we're at a point whereas this, this thing happens with us too. We forget how good God is. And God is so patient with us that we end up, because of his goodness and his forbearance and his kindness and his mercy and his grace, we end up not taking advantage of it, but taking advantage of it, meaning we always think that it's there for us. And in some sorts it is. But we see with the children of Israel, there are times where God just said, okay, you've ignored me long enough, and now I'm going to put you in the wilderness. That's what we've been talking about. God will put us in the wilderness for ignoring him, following another idol, following another God. And then we have to come out. Now the relationship that the church has with Jesus is, the cross is what we have faith in. The work of Jesus is what we have faith in. No longer are we in a situation like the Israelites where we, it's a, you do this and I do that. He saw that didn't work. He did the work. He did the sacrifice. He is the sacrifice who Jesus I'm talking about. And now we have to believe in him for by faith. The same faith that Abraham exhibited when he was called out from the Chaldeans, which was a heathen nation, Okay, he was a Gentile before he became a Jew. God said, come on, listen to me, let's go. I'm going to show you a land. I'm going to show you a nation. I'm going to your, your, make your name known. I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to give you children 
that are considered my children and you're supposed to tell people about me. Well, we know that didn't happen like it, like it was supposed to because the Jewish nation fell into idolatry and eventually split. And then God stopped talking to them for 400 years until Jesus came along. Okay. So Abraham is the father of faith. He's also the father of the Jews by blood, but more so God said the important thing about Abraham for us is all those children that are children of faith are the ones that are Abraham's children. So therefore, we are not Jews outwardly, meaning bloodline, but we are Jews inwardly, the children of God by faith. Okay? And that's the great thing about being children of faith and being children of God. And God has no grandchildren. God has children. He doesn't have grandchildren, which means you can't get in by your ancestors. You have to get in on your own. And you have to believe in God. And John reread the whole purpose for the scriptures was that you might believe. Believe what? That Jesus is the son of God. Okay? We're at the point in Romans where it's going to start shifting. Now we're going to, we saw how man could not save himself. Romans 2 and 4. Don't you know the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? So now we're in a situation where it's, it's Jesus explained. So now we're going to explain it through the, the eyes of Abraham. Okay? Or the position of Abraham. So uh, we're going to start with Romans uh, chapter 4 and Jackie's going to read starting verse 1 and then when Frida gets here she'll take over okay. <laughs> and we got Linda here, we got Mother here, we got Joyce here so we got a bunch of readers so go ahead All right. and I'll read a little bit too go ahead Okay. Romans 4 and 1 what then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it and it was a I'm sorry. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Now stop right there. Abraham had much to boast about, but he didn't have enough to boast about to God. Meaning that in the flesh, Abraham had riches. Abraham, out of him became a nation. He had much to boast about when it came to man things. Like a lot of you have a lot to boast about when you look at other people. Some of you have great wealth and great assets and great families and, and great heritage. But he's saying to God, you have nothing to boast about. The natural things. As much as I love my cousin, and there's a boasting level that we are, I'm the oldest first cousin preacher, and he's the youngest first cousin preacher, that's good for y'all. But we can't boast of God with that kid. Guess what? Right. I can't get him in, and he can't get me in. Right. Right. So the bloodline doesn't mean anything to God. What means God is, do me and him have the same faith? That's right. And that's the beauty thing about God is, your sisters and brothers are the ones who share the same faith with you. And you'll find out in time that sometimes the ones who share Christ with you are closer to you and more loyal to you and more beneficial to you than your own blood brothers and sisters. And you'll find that out as you live. If you've lived any time, you might understand that by now. Yeah, that's true. My encouraging word about the twisted sister is a real story that somebody experienced today. Okay? And I had to tell that story 
because the story is about a twisted sister. And some of you got twisted sisters and brothers yeah. who no matter what you do, they try to sabotage you. But you love them so much, you want to bring them along. But the reason why you can't bring them along, because they're the brother and sister of your flesh and not the brother and sister of your spirit. So you just, so you just feed them with a long-handled spoon. You love them, but you can't take them into your destiny. Now, people who are like that, you'll find out. They have many things to boast in the flesh. When you start your spiritual journey, they'll be there when you finish. You'll be able to reach back and get them. And you love them so much, they'll benefit from your from what you excel in. You're not going to never, ever lead them or forsake them, but you got to go on with your journey, your spiritual journey, you know, with your family who are still brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, that's what we have to do. So, yeah, there's times we have much to boast for in our flesh. But remember, God is not impressed with it at all. And you do wrong by coming to God, talking about how much you come to church and all that good stuff that we that we naturally count on. Yes, I can look at it that you are faithful in your coming and going to the building and to the house of God and to the lessons of God. But my, if you're not saved and you're just doing something, then you, just doesn't, you can't come to God and say, look, God. And he says, those who work, they owe something, right? They, they get a wage. They get, they get paid. You don't want to ever put yourself in a position where you tell a God you owe me. Matter of fact, a young lady that I'm doing Bible study with in Canada came to me this week with like she's been listening to sermons on them heretic TBN stations. And she said somebody on one, a couple of them on her talking about God owe you. Since he created you, he owe you. And I can understand the fleshly way to look at that. He created us. We shouldn't have to go through nothing. If it's his, it's his fault that we go through anything, so he should pull us out. And he should not let it, he, he should make us happy. I said, don't go down that road because that's idolatry. Because if you say God owes you, you fall into the same position Satan want to trick you into. If God was God, why you got to go through all that? The same position Job was in. You know, you were up top one minute and all of a sudden all this is taken away. And we know the conversation between the, the God allowed the devil to do that. But what did Joseph come with? He said, he said, whether I live or die, I'm going to trust God. You know, I'm going to trust God. And I had to tell her that. Don't go down that slippery slope. Don't listen to them preachers on that station. Because now you're questioning as the creation. You're saying God owe you. And I, of course, I had to send her some scriptures, mother, to back up what I was saying. I had to send her one where it says, how can the clay say to the potter, what should y'all do? What should you do with me? I make one for honor and one for dishonor. I'm the potter. You the clay. You don't question me. And he's the creator. Yes, we don't understand the mystery of pain. Who does? We, I give you many sermons on why, but that doesn't touch the depth of what you're going through because how do I justify what our dear sister's going through? How do I justify in to make you feel better what your son is going through? You know what I'm saying? I still got to say God knows best even though I might not want to understand it. And that's the hard part about following Christ because we still are fleshly creatures and we want to feel good all the time. Do I want to ache in pain and not be able to see? Of course not. But I still got to trust God. He said, count it all as joy. He didn't say, be joyful. And the only way I can count it joy is to say that it may have a better reason, a better purpose for my life. Amen. Come on in. So, yeah. So, we're in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to verse 2. Okay, Jack, go ahead. Verse No, we're at verse 1. Five, go ahead. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, 
his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Now, check that out. He said, you're blessed if you don't try to work for it, but believe in the God that forgives. That's all that's saying. You believe in the God that forgives, that doesn't count your sins against you, but counts your faith as righteousness. Now, isn't it awesome, God, that he looks at, do you believe in me? And if you believe in me, I'm going to wipe your sin away. And just as David, and what did David do, sister? David, who I read it, it says, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one whom God counts, what? Righteousness as apart from works. Okay, apart from works. You didn't earn it. You didn't go to God saying, look at what I deserve it. Apart from works. How do we count it? Apart from works by faith. Go to, uh, you say, well, where is that at? Go to Psalms 32 and 1. And read that. Read 32 and 1. Psalms 32 and 1. So this is the passage that, that Paul is talking about. Jesus concealed. Now Jesus explained. Scripture interprets scripture. So let's see what actually the scripture he's pulling that from. And if you notice, when Paul talks, when you read the Bible and they use Old Testament scripture, they don't say chapter so-and-so and verse so-and-so. They just state it. Part of the story. Part of the narrative. And that's what you should be. I tell people, you, you should better be the walking scripture and be able to go back and forth and flow in Old Testament and New Testament. You don't necessarily, I don't necessarily need to know the verse and the chapter. I just need to know that it's there somewhere. Okay? You got to remember, verses and chapters were added hundreds of years after right. the Bible was written. That was for just dumb folk. Just to break it up. Yeah, so, so they, because people don't read in context. Mm -hmm. So, you, so they need, you need a chapter, verse, and all that stuff. It really has done you a disservice because that stops you from reading in context. You lift out a verse and you, you don't explain it totally mm -hmm. out of context. And if you take a verse out of context, you take a verse and you may well misread it, misinterpret it, just like we did last week when we talked about that greeting I wish you to prosper as your soul prosper. That's just a greeting. That is not something you build a theology on. Okay? That's a greeting. Verse 1, verse 2, and you run, people run with tomorrow. See, God wants you to be prosperous. That's not God saying that. That's just a normal Jewish greeting, like shalom. Okay? Yes, we won't be God. You know, we know that's a general statement, but that's not something that you say. See, 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 God, that's a prescribed thing that God wants us. No, that's a greeting. Okay? That's not like us saying hello. All right? Go ahead. 32 and 1. This backs up where we're at. Go ahead. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, mm -hmm. whose sin is covered. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, mm -hmm. and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Keep going. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Mm -hmm. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up. As by the heat of summer, Selah. Stop. Now, what do you think David's talking about? When that when was his bones dried up and when he kept silent? When was that? Is it, can anybody guess when that was? When did he keep silent? When when did he try to hide something? Oh, when he slept with Bathsheba. When he slept with Bathsheba, yes. When he slept with Bathsheba, he tried to hide his iniquity. And he's saying, I tried to hide it, but your hand was heavy on me. And it should be on you. When you try to hide your iniquity, your hand gets heavy. God's hand, if you're a child of God, before he exposes you, 
He tries to deal with you privately. And let me tell you something. That's why God works. God loves you so much, he don't want to bring your business out in public. But you force his hand because you won't deal with it. You won't come to him and repent. Think about it. When, he, when she slept with Bathsheba and killed, killed Uriah and impregnated her, all he had to do was repent. But no, he's going to try to keep it silent because he's the king and he can do what he want to do. Okay? God brought a prophet and exposed him. Okay? The hand was heavy. And it gets heavier when you don't deal with your own sin. That's why I'm saying I don't need to deal with stuff. When it, if it gets to where I have to deal with it, you should be ashamed of yourself because it's, I got to expose it. That's what I'm here to do. But I'm encouraging you to deal with it. Don't let it get to me. Don't let it get to my discernment level. And I, got, I know about it and I know what's about to happen if you don't deal with it. See, discernment mothers taught me I don't need to say nothing. God's preparing me that if I might have to say something, Get ready. And I, when I get that discernment in me that you're living, doing something you ain't supposed to be doing, I start praying for you. Because I want to hey, deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. I will, but I don't want to. God, leave me. Hey, let, Lord, let them go ahead and repent. I know, Lord, but they need to deal with you. Don't, I don't want to deal with it. Because then I got to be careful myself on how I deal with it that I don't fall into it. Okay? I tell people, if you got them sensational stories, don't, 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 you ain't got to tell me all that. Just tell me what you did wrong. Amen. All right, let's go back to the Romans. Verse 6. We'll start at verse 6 again. Chapter 4, verse 6. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Almost chapter 4, verse 6. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose law, lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Mm -hmm. is, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Stop right there. So what he's saying is, when Abraham walked out on faith, was it before he was a Jew? Well, after he was a Jew, don't look down to think which one y'all think. Before he was a Jew, after don't look at the paper. Look up at me. Before, before, before. Why do you say before? Because I mean, I, I just told you a minute ago what when he when he walked out on faith, he was a what? A Jew. No, no, he was a sinner. A, a he Gentile. Was, he was a Gentile. A Gentile. So when he trusted God, he hadn't been given the title of a Jew. He just heard from God. So if we really want to say who came first, it would have to be the Gentile. Then the Jew. But the Jew think it's all about them because Abraham became a Jew. Well, no, Abraham was a Gentile when he trusted God. When he flat trusted God, didn't know where he's going, he stepped out on faith. And that's what we get. We walk by faith and not by sight. Abraham did not know where he was going. He asked God to show him and God said, I'll show you when you get there. And still God acts, acts like that. Faith is not knowing but faith is trusting. I'm going to say it again. Faith is not knowing where you're going to end up, but trusting God for where you're going to end up. That wherever you end up, if you walk by faith, it's where God wants you to be. And sometimes walking by faith, we got to go through the desert. Say that one more time. Sometimes we walk by faith, we got to go through the desert. Faith is about trusting God 
Not about knowing where you're going to be. Just trusting where God, that God is going to take you and God's going to place you where you need to be. Not necessarily, God, show me the next step. Show me the next corner. Show me where I'm going to end up. I'm going to be blessed. But what if God wants you? What if your destiny is to be in the wilderness for a long period of time, suffering, going through, dealing with stuff, and that's what God wants you to glorify him. See, don't always think God wants you in this position of luxury. There are people in the Bible that had some lives that ended up very ugly. Matter of fact, most of the people in the Bible, the patriarchs and the people we read about, their end was not pretty. You know, Samson's end was not pretty. The, the, the apostles' end were not like they had a glorious funeral and they, they read, took them down First Street and buried them with a with a with a with a fanfare. Yeah, yeah. And these are men of that God, we know God chose them, but they ended up on islands, they ended up shipwrecked, they ended up hurt, they ended up beaten, they ended up tortured. In the Old Testament, they ended up in all kind of precarious positions, but it's what God wanted. Not so much God delighted in their uh, pain, but the flesh is nothing to God. Seriously, the flesh is nothing to God. And God says, don't count on your flesh. Count on me. And you have to come to the conclusion, even though you want to be here forever and last a long time and feel good, just my comfort is, God, if I got to go, I know where I'm going. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That regardless of what I've done, my last decade of life, I've been running for you. And what you said is, if by faith I've been running for you for 10 years, you wiped out the, the, the other 40 Amen. of sin that I lived in Amen. because I trust you now. And I thank God for giving me the opportunity to trust him. Like I say, I put walking truth, my ministry, my marriage in God's hands. The marriage to walking truth is like a it's like a, a husband. I put him in y'all. I put God, hey God, where we go, we going together. Okay? I know we kind of quirky and weird sometimes and people don't understand us, but Lord, we, we, we trying to do your work. We're trying to do the work that you've given us to do. We're not a church for everybody. And I know that. I know that. I'm not trying to be the church for everybody. I don't look at nobody's church and say, I want to be like them. We walking true. Either this is someplace you like to be or it's not. And we're not the only good church in St. Louis. We're just the best church only. <laughs> we're just the best church in Overland. And hold on, as they say, as Oakland has said, now I'm not bragging on ourselves. I'm just saying what, what the letter I got saying that we the best church in Oakland, okay? All right, go ahead, read. It was not after, but before he was circumcised. Uh-huh. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So the circumcision is nothing but a seal, a sign. That points to his faith. So ain't nothing big on getting circumcised. A sign is only as good to what it points to. I'll say it again. A sign is only as good as what it points to. Like the exit sign up there. It's only as good as if the, when we get to the door open. <laughs> if the door stayed locked and it's the exit sign, that sign ain't no good, is it? So the sign is only as good as to what it points to. So your faith is only as good as to where it's placed. Your faith is only as good as to where it's placed. Meaning, whatever you have faith in, its ability to do what you need to do 
it's, it's based on what it has faith. If you have faith in your faith, you're wasting your time. If you have faith in your past, you're wasting your time. If you have faith in Jesus, you're right on time. Hallelujah. And it's finished work on the cross. So our faith is not in a man. Our faith is in a God. Amen. Okay. That we that that is named Jesus, Yahweh, Yahshua, all them names, oh God, Elohim, all of them. It's the same God that sacrificed the same Son that we have faith in. The same blood that cleanses the Gentile and the Jew. See, we can get arrogant and walk in truth and believe, oh well, we got it going on, and we the church and churches and this, that, and the other. But we only as good as we serve God. And did, and did exhibit the faith that God has called us to exhibit. Anything other than that, we we fall short in what God wants church to be. And that's the problem with church. We do everything else, but do the stuff that God has called us to do. You know, we want titles, we want positions, we want, we want recognition. But think about it. Most of our churches are just big mausoleums, a place where dead folk go to be dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they, they show up for to do religious activity. They're not showing any faith in God. What they're doing, because faith in God calls you not to be scared, and you would get out here and do some stuff. You wouldn't be scared to get out here and evangelize if you had faith, because that's the faith that saved you. You want to? I want to tell somebody about Jesus. Now, everybody ain't fit to walk up to strangers and do like that, but in your own sphere of influence, like my cousin said, you might be the only Bible that they see. And your question is, what are they actually seeing in you? Are they seeing faith? Or are they seeing dead works? Mm. By dead people that have a religion that's dead. The Jewish religion is dead. It's dead right now. Mm. They have all the heritage to know the God that we know, to know their Savior. And you know the biggest fear of any Jew is what? That they miss their Savior for real. That this this story is not this. They don't want this story to be true. Go ahead. Anybody got a question? No, I just said, of course, my favorite. Okay. Go ahead, read. The verse. Uh, we are in 11. Mm -hmm. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness will be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Now check it out. He's saying he's the father of both in faith, one in by faith, one through faith, as we're going to see, okay? So he's that father, but it's, by, it's the faith. And the circumcised people, the Jews, were given the circumcision as a sign of their what? Faith. They were supposed to be the light unto the world. They were supposed to show us the true God. That's why they had, in Joshua, they conquered everything in the land of Canaan because God said, I want every nation to know that I am. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as the generation that went through the miracles mm. and it became a story, it became a fable, no matter how much they practiced uh, 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 the Passover, if you didn't go through it, you don't appreciate it as much. And, and we find that in our own culture. With slavery, we can talk about it. There are some children right now that don't know nothing about Martin Luther King. There are some children right now that don't know about Malcolm X. Let alone, let alone the abolitionists. You know, let alone Marcus Garvey and the rest of these people that came before us. They don't have no clue. I mean, and I say this in one sense. I, I know I know of a lady right now that does not know, and she's in her 30s, and Freedom might not know, about Tawana Brawley. 
Do y'all remember Tawana Brown? Who was she connected to? What's his name? Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Do, do, you, do you remember that? Do you remember Tawana Brawley? Have you ever heard of Tawana Brawley? No. But yet, see, we see this pastor, Al Sharpton, up in front of us like he the leader of the black folk. But he was part of that scandal with her. Lying on the police officers. So how did he go from that to having a show on MSNBC? She don't know nothing about that. Because when I said to somebody, I was like, well, he's one of our great leaders. No, he not. He's handpicked by them to keep us under control. And if you knew what I knew about him, you wouldn't be talking about following him. But see, we have a thing of short-term memory to the point that we forget things that we should remember. And the enemy wants you to forget how. One, he wants you to forget how good God is. And then he wants you to forget, we're always being told, forget what's been done to us. But the Jews never forget. They said they ain't going to never forget the Holocaust. But we had a Holocaust too. And, 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 and time, immense, many dollars has been spent on telling us to forget. Educating us to forget. But again, we have to remember some things. And with the Jews, this happened to them. In Joshua, you have two families that remembered the crossing of the Red Sea. The partner, it was Jacob and Caleb. I mean, Caleb and Joshua. The rest of that family, because of the bad report, that all the rest of them tribes got destroyed, the adults got destroyed in the wilderness. So you had their children cross over the Jordan. Then down the line, now all the land is divided. You have another set of children. And the Bible says they, these children, did not know anything about the Red Sea or anything about the crossing of the Jordan. And what did they do? The first thing the men started doing was marrying those women outside of Israel and been worshiping their idols. Because, and Solomon was the worst by the time he came along. But this is way before Solomon. Okay, this is way hundreds of years for Solomon. So what we have is a generation of people who forget. Now, whose responsibility is, is it for the younger generation, let's just say, to know this Bible and know God? It's the older generation's responsibility. That's why the Bible says the older women teach the younger women how to be mothers and love their husbands and do that. That's your responsibility. If you ain't doing that, if you just think, oh, well, they too hard, they ain't going to listen. That ain't what God told you to say. God said, you teach them anyway and let me deal with them. Yeah, I know they're hard at it, just like you. Amen. We forget. Amen. I like we wasn't hard at What do you think all of us in this room had, has heard? A hard head make a what? So who taught you that? Your parents. Yeah, your parents and your parents' parents. Fat meat is what? Who taught you that? Yeah. But now, what we think is they're more or worse than we are being hard-headed, we don't say them things to them. Like laying down where dogs should get up and flee. Yeah. You know, you know, beware of a dog who brings you a what? A bone, because they'll take one too. Yeah. All these good, wise sayings we have, 
and we just, oh, well, them, they won't understand. Well, you don't understand what it said to you. Until that bell hit you. Until that bell hit you behind Fat Meaty's Greasy. You won't believe Fat Meaty Greasy? Okay, come on. Let me show you. A hard head make a soft behind. There was a physical lesson behind They just didn't leave it for not you to think about. They showed you what they meant. But this generation of children are very smart and intelligent. What they don't want is bull. They'll take honesty. And they, go, they might rebel against the honesty. But they'll respect it in the end. That's what I've been told. You know, that's why I can get along with them. I just tell them what it is and don't worry about how they think about it. Because they'll see. Ain't nothing new under the sun. That ain't what the Bible says. Nothing. nothing. All right, go ahead, read. Uh, okay. 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So Abraham had to believe, because remember, Abraham didn't had to start having children until when? How old was he? Old man. So he had to believe that thing by faith. And we have the story where the angel told him, that, hey, you're going to have some children, and what did Sarah do? Laugh. Yeah. Laugh. Yeah, he laughed. Like, right, my body old, she old. We've been doing this, and we ain't did it in a long time. And now you're telling me that we're going to get excited again and going to make some babies, and I'm going to be the father of so many people that you can't even number them? Right. But Abraham trusted God. See, God don't mind you getting at the point of, of, of understanding your flesh. He didn't get mad at Abraham for doubting. He just understood that Abraham for them forgot. Sarah done forgot. Because Sarah wasn't with Abraham when he got called out. Okay? So Abraham had to remind his wife. I remember God called us out. And if he called us out and protected us this far, if he said we're going to have some children, I'm going to be the father of many nations, have many lands, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to have to happen before I close my eyes. Okay? And God did it. You know, God did it. All right, go ahead. For if it is the adherents, adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. So if 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 it if it's by works, the law, nobody did it right, so the promise would be void. Abraham didn't do it right. Abraham lied twice about his marriage to his wife. Abraham was not the father of uprightness. He was a liar. Okay? But again, like I tell you all the time, faith in God overcomes all of that. He understands. That's why I don't understand. Why when people go through stuff, they don't come to the church? I mean, I understand the thing of, 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 of church gossip and all that. I'm not talking about that church. I'm talking about you're going through, your family going through, you going through, and you run in the opposite direction of God. You don't want, you don't, you act like it's like a false humility, which is pride. You think you're being humble, but really you're being prideful. Because I guess you don't want nobody to know that you go through like everybody else. But we ain't dumb enough to think that. We know we all go through. If, I'm going to tell y'all this again. If I go to the hospital, there'll be a lion sitting outside. If I go to the hospital and I'm in there for a couple of days, I better have a line and security need to be at my door saying, you got 10 out here, they better they want to come in 
We're going to let one in at a time, okay? I don't want to be sitting there one way. I want everybody to come visit me. Come see me. I don't care if I'm hooked up, chained up, wired up. Come see me. Touch my hand. If I'm unconscious, leave a note. As long as we know. Yeah, so you can't say you don't know. Hey, help. Hold up. Hold up. Whoever in charge, tell them that's my wishes. That's right. Tell them, Ferris. Say, come see your god daddy. Set Ferris on my belly and let her pound me back in the life. Okay, Ferris. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. So where there is no law, the law brings about the fact that we can't do it. So the, the breaking of the law, if you sin against one of the laws, if you don't do one of the laws, if you want to live by the law, he says, if you break one, you've broken them all. And if you broke the law, like we read in uh, Ephesians, that you deserve wrath of God. So the law brings wrath. That's why I understand why people, I, I can't understand. I understand the, 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 the emotional thing of tithing. I do. I, I get it. But don't you understand that's part of the Mosaic law? And if you if you really want to adhere to that, to the letter, then you got to do all of them. I mean, it's good to say, okay, I want to give 10%. That's a good thing to start. That's a great place to start. Where the law left us off at is a great place to start. But don't make it a law. Don't come to God think you're going to press him saying, I kept the law 10%. He's going to say, what about the other ones? You want to keep the law of faith. So if 10% is what you want to give, give 10%. If you want to give 100%, guess what? God is not impressed with that, but that's what you want to give. You know what? God said to Adam, that's a Sapphira, what? What did he tell them when he lied about what they was going to give? What did he say? It was theirs to keep. They didn't have to lie. They let you know. He didn't ask for it. You said you was going to give it. And you lied. You made a lie out of yourself. Y'all will be surprised because I just tell y'all the truth because y'all got to know what I have to go through from day to day to some of y'all. There's a couple people in this church, and I ain't gonna get any names, but they have the male, but they have the male persuasion, so we're gonna do it like that. They always come to me and, and with their head bowed and their heart full of pity and, and, and heavy, and they get me isolated and they'll say, Pastor. I'm going to start giving. I know I should be tired. And, you know, I know I should be. And I'm sitting there looking at them. Y'all know I'm crazy. I'm looking at them like, why are you coming to me? I don't know if you don't tithe or not. I said, when I told y'all don't look at what come in, other than a need time basis, uh, and I don't look at individuals. I look at total. I don't sit there and be like, so and so give me. Unless it's necessary. And necessary would be I'm about to elevate you, like ordain you or something. If I'm ordaining you, I'm going to look back to see if you've been giving as well as coming and doing all the other stuff, okay? So, and I ain't got nobody to ordain yet, praise God. So, I want to just look at them and be like, why, why, are you, why are you trying to make a work out of something that should be spiritual? You give what you want to give out of a good heart. You know the work we're trying to do. And if you want to support this ministry that way, fine. But you don't get nothing by coming to me telling me what you ain't going to do and then promising you are going to do it knowing I know that you ain't going to keep it no way. 
You're making a law out of something, and if you want me to hold you to that, there's to be some kind of repercussion because you're lying. You see what I'm saying, mother? They won't. They gonna want some grace because if I held these brothers to what they said they was gonna do, think about it. The law brings about wrath. They're saying they want to participate on the law side of the equation. Okay, so when you don't do what you say you're going to do, then there should be some kind of repercussion from that. Because I didn't ask for you to say that. You came feeling guilty. But even that shows you something about the human nature. Even when you feel the guilt, you still go lie. I didn't ask for it. You feel guilty. You say you're going to change. And yet still, that thing in you, that hoarding in you, that thing you don't want to give, you always got excuse for not giving, not coming, not doing, it's still in you, and all you think you've done is bought some time between the next time, past ain't going to be upset with me. Well, past is never was upset with you from the get-go. I ain't got time to be worried about what you're doing and not doing, because I know this for a fact. If you don't do it, God will bring somebody else in that will. I'm going to prove that to you with Scripture. Remember God said, if you don't cry out, I'll make the what cry out? Now think about what he actually saying with that. He's saying, if you don't take care of the business I gave you, I will bring to life something that's dead to take care of what I got to take care of. So, so much more, if you who are alive lie, he will bring somebody in that I don't even know and they'll give what you said you was going to give. And he's proving it to me. Check coming in the mail, didn't know who it was. Didn't know who it was. Say, so who is this? I say, I don't know. All I know is they support Walker Truth because that's a nice ass check. Okay? So it's like God will bless because you're doing his work. But it's by faith that we move. I ain't sit I don't know. You, like I said, I can only explain it to y'all in real time. God will take care of his work. He does. You don't need to beg, batter, and trick nobody into contributing to God's stuff. If God said he's going to make the rocks crowd, as long as you're doing his work, he'll bring something dead back to life to give you what you need. Amen. God's that good. The, the guys, like the way you explained the law of tithing, mm. because I think a lot of us, we, we were brought up, you have to tithe. You have to tithe the 20%. So that's embedded in us. Yes. So do they... Understand that it was back in what Moses was there. It was Mosaic Covenant, uh -huh. Covenant thing, yeah. Do they do well, Do they comprehend it totally? Everyone in the church understand. Of course that. not. You know why? Because they built their house on it. Remember, I told you I tell y'all that all the time. Right. I understand that y'all's houses were built on that kind of stuff. Right. On Malachi, and y'all, some churches read it every Sunday. To get you to give. And we, we just went through it and it has nothing to do with money. It rain has nothing to do with 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 blessings that he gonna pour out. The blessings of heaven was I'm gonna open up the heavens, pour out the rain on your crops, and you're gonna have food in your house. Okay? And no matter how many times I teach you guys that, imagine if you guys don't get it. How many times they might hear it from me on this around the world? It takes a minute. It just takes a minute. It takes. A, it may take all their life to understand that they need to get away from that law thing and live under grace. It takes a minute. That's a house they built, and I can't. And I'm not gonna argue with them about it. 
I'm like, read it for yourself. I when I was in uh Phoenix, I got a chance to yeah. meet uh my brother's sister, Miss Butcher's sister. And of course, <laughs> we got to talking and we got to talking about things the Bible said that ain't that people misinterpret. We went from having a conversation that should have been high by thank you for to, to two hours. I had a captive audience of people at, at one point. Because I just started going in on it. And when I went to this, she was like, I, they just read that one little section. I said, read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. And you see, he starts out with the priest keeping back the good stuff for God. And, and Amos says, like people, like priests. So what the priests are keeping back, holding back, and the people see them holding back, what do you think the people going to do? They're going to hold back too. If you gave a blemish, if you gave a cow that spotted, and I'm seeing you, hold on, you are taking a good cow and walking out that door and then taking a spotted cow and putting them on the altar. Mm -hmm. And you're taking a good cow, slicing and dicing them up, and then going down the street and selling them to me. And that was supposed to be the cow for God. All I can tell you is, think about this. Don't overpromise and underperform. Don't promise that you're going to give to God's work, his church. And you just don't. You ain't got to do all that. Just give what you want to. Then you'll never be caught lying. You may have a heart to give $100. Let's say I had a heart to give $100. Do I, okay, and I want to give it by works. Well, if I said I'm going to give it, then I got to give it if I'm under law. To avoid the consequence of prayer. But if I give it under grace, something may happen. And I need to take that hundred and take fifty. My heart was in the right place. But I'm not under law. God knew I took that fifty to pay my electric bill. I haven't taken it from God. Because I never necessarily promised God under law. I said, God, I had a, I got a hundred, I got a heart to give a hundred. But something happened in between now and the time I went back to get 100. Lord, do you understand? Of course I understand. Give what you can out of a good heart. I want you to give. I love a cheerful giver. I don't want you to get 100 and they'll let you get caught if you're mad at me. Right, right. I'm so glad to explain this over. But you, but you got, I'm sorry. We was at the other church. Where? We was in Bible study. You just love God.
some people just like okay just like uh doing wrong mm -hmm. some people like to if it's something in the scripture that fit them they mm -hmm. like it but then yeah. they'll take it away if it's something that don't fit them then they don't want to hear it but if it's something that they they'll agree you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's something they want to like if they, they like. said drink it is good oh yeah i like it because they like to drink it's in the bible so i say drink right Well, what ends up happening is that's taking scripture out of context. You know, that, that 3 and 10 is there. Okay, this is what I'll tell you. It's in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. That's a fact. But but it's taken out of context. And, and let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. As a preacher, as a preacher, Malachi 3 and 10. Now think about this. Think about this. Yep, I, 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 I'm going to keep going over it till we get it. Okay. So if, if Malachi, if, 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 I leave Malachi and Guru by grace. Watch this. Now, y'all don't really see it like this. If I got to use Malachi to get you to give, then I don't trust in God in my ministry. No, you're not. I'm not trusting God. What I'm going to do is take a scripture out of context and make you feel guilty to give. Okay? And I'm saying some of these preachers have great ministries. They don't need it. But they've been taught. But they've been taught. This is what you say. Like your church. Don't need it. But they you But see, now watch this. Because I don't want to say his name because he's bishop now. Oh, well. But I love him to death. But I learned this from him. Now, this is your bishop telling Minister Butcher, telling me this is what he said. And I got and I got verification of what we do is the way to do it. What he said was. Bishop Jones said, if you do quality ministry, the people will give. Mm -hmm. I learned that from him. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. But he do, but then it, you know what I'm saying? But he but he got, but if he did that, that would just blow y'all mind. If he just come in and say, we're not saying that no more, right. we don't have offer time no more, y'all can give, because we y'all do great ministry around the city. But do you know what will happen? Because they're so grown up on it, they will go the opposite direction and not give. Well, it's a mindset. They will go the opposite direction and not give. And that's the sad part about it. Because sometimes people need that hammer of the law on their neck to do right. They, need, they don't love God enough to do it. They don't appreciate God enough to do it. They got to have the hammer. And so you let the hammer stay. I get it. I'm not, he's not doing nothing wrong. He knows his people. Go ahead. See, but the thing of it is with walk and truth, you're teaching the people what the words say. So now we're getting a good foundation, whereas we were ignorant before. And once your mind is set on something, you get a mindset set on something. It takes a lot to undo, undo that. To undo that. Yeah. Well, now, see, the, what the Bible says, who God says free is what? Free indeed. It's hard to be free. It is hard to be free. And see, that's the thing that, see, thank God, and obviously this is what I tell each one of you. You're not here by accident. You wanted to be free. You just didn't know how to be free. And you didn't know how it was going to come to be free. Okay? My, the ministry of Walk of Truth is truly about the freedom of the, that the Word of God does teach us. Not the strictness. Not the, you got to give me, the pastor got to get his money first. And the church got to get his money first. 
and you can't leave town until you get your ties. No, you are free from that. No. Yeah, or you can't be here. Or or when you die, if you've been given all your life and you go to a nursing home for five years and you haven't given, but you've given 50 years of your life, then I got to take the five and say you can't be buried because you ain't been given. But they do that. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walking Truth Radio Podcast. I'm also the senior pastor of Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I'm asking those who've enjoyed the broadcast, learn, to partner with us and help us acquire our first building. Yes, we're looking forward to moving and growing in the community of St. Louis, Missouri and around the world. And it's time for us to step out on faith and move into our first building where we can continue to do the awesome ministry that God has called us to do. Again, if you would like to donate, please, you can go to the support button at the bottom of the screen in the description section, or you can go to our Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Facebook page and go to the fundraiser and follow the prompt. We thank you in advance for any donation. We are 5013C Church. Your donation may be tax deductible. Please check with your accountant. There are many other ways to donate too. You can mail it to us at Walking Truth, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. Also, you can donate on Cash App at dollar sign W-I-T-C-F-C. We're also on Venmo at James Sutton II at Walk in Truth. We're also on PayPal, James Sutton II. So I'm looking forward to receiving your donation and you being a blessing to us. But the most important thing is that you continue to pray for us during our time of transition. We thank you in advance and we pray that you would consider us as a possible place for your donation and your worship. You know what I always say. I always want you to be encouraged to be blessed and be at peace. And remember, always walk in truth. I'll see you on the other side. Peace.